Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Audible District. I am your host, John Sandoval, and today we are going to be discussing all the takeaways that we got from each NFL game um, during week three of the NFL season. And man, there were a bunch of competitive games overall. However, there were also some games that just looked, they, they, they were rough to watch. Um, and we're going to get into each and every single one. The first game that I want to start off with is Green Bay defeating the New Orleans Saints 37-30. to Now, for the majority of the game, Green Bay was pretty much cruising towards a win. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still playing at an amazing high level, and as long as he continues on that hot streak, these Packers look like legit Super Bowl contenders. Defense is still a little suspect, but... It doesn't really matter because Aaron Rodgers is just no one's. It doesn't seem like anybody can stop him really. To be honest with you, as far as New Orleans, their offense played pretty well for the most part. I will say um, to keep an eye on Drew Brees over these next few weeks. It he's been looking a little. It's it's been a little off. I I think the age is starting to hit him. I don't know if it's just me, but it just seems like his um, throwing power isn't nearly. Uh, what it used to be, um, especially from last season, it seems like it just seems like a big drop off, and that's something to keep an eye on. Also, in addition, New Orleans defense isn't as good as it once was. That secondary, you know, Green, Aaron Rodgers was just having his way with that secondary, and they have a, they have good talent in that secondary in New Orleans, and that defense is just looking a little they're looking a little rough, and so New Orleans is going to be. It's going to have their work cut out for them this season because there's a lot of other good teams in the NFC. And so, you know, for New Orleans to kind of stay ahead at the top, that defense is going to have to step up. Speaking of the NFC, we also had Seattle defeating the Cowboys 38-31. to And I'm going to just say this right now. I don't think McCarthy likes Ezekiel Elliott. Then again, I also feel like Ezekiel Elliott hasn't really been playing that much, or hasn't really been playing that well. And the reason why I say McCarthy doesn't really like Elliott is because the dude doesn't really run him as much as compared to other teams, such as like the Browns, who have Nick Chubb, and the Vikings, who have Dalvin Cook. Like, trust me, I know they got Prescott, they have Amari Cooper, Gallup. Lamb, like, I get it. They have all this talent in the passing game. But you also got Elliott at running back. I just, I don't know. He has talent. Granted, I feel like he's inconsistent. And, I mean, he didn't really play good this game. I, he had, I think, 34 yards on 14 attempts. He had a touchdown. It was a goal line touchdown. So, I feel like he obviously should have um, gotten a touchdown in the red zone. Because, I mean, he's built for that type of play. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I, it seems like McCarthy has always been just a pass-heavy guy. Um, if he has a great quarterback, he's just going to pretty much be passing the whole game. And I don't know if Dallas is really built well for that, but we shall see. I will say, though, Prescott did play good. However, he just cannot turn the ball over. Dallas could have probably won this game. They, they could have upset Seattle. If Prescott just didn't turn over the ball. 
and I mean the dude had almost 500 passing yards like he he played good you know unfortunately that defense in Dallas is just it, it's it's not good um, I don't think McCarthy has ever really had a good defense in any of his uh, head coaching um, you know 10 years but Prescott's gonna have to play at a high level I feel like each game in order for this team to have a chance to win because that defense is just not looking good um, in Seattle, Seattle, Russell Wilson is playing amazing. However, Seattle, once again, they're only going to go as far as Russell can take them. If Russell has a bad game and he kind of needs to rely on the rest of the team to step up, you know, who knows if he'll ever have a bad game this season. We'll see. The dude looks like he's on pace to be the MVP for this year. Um, I know there's also Patrick Mahomes and plenty of other talent, but, you know, Russ is playing at a high level and he deserves it. But, yeah, if if he plays not horribly but if he just doesn't have a good game I don't think Seattle the rest of the team are going to be able to step up and you know kind of take over I don't think Seattle's really built well for that and so Russell Wilson also just like Prescott he's gonna have to play at a high level because that defense in Seattle is looking they're looking suspect too like I thought their secondary was good but Dallas, I mean, Prescott, he had their way with them. Dude had, like, over 400 yards. So, Seattle's only going to go as far as Russell can take them. Moving on, we also had Detroit beating the Arizona Cardinals by a field goal. And, man, Kyler Murray surprisingly had a... He had a pretty bad performance. He had three interceptions... And they almost would have won, but they almost won. Even with his three interceptions, surprisingly, they almost came out with the win. But he, you know, he can't be making those mistakes. Not against an inferior team like Detroit. Detroit, they, I think they caught Arizona on a bad day. Um, defense was giving Kyler problems all day. Uh, Kyler really kind of never looked that comfortable in the pocket um, this past weekend. But, I mean, Detroit's offense, Stafford looked pretty well. Adrian Peterson, I feel like, is the most trusted guy in the kind of running back committee that they have over there in Detroit. I mean, he had 22 carries, and then literally the next leading person for carries was on Johnson, but he only had three carries. And surprisingly, their rookie, DeAndre Swift, who I thought would have eventually, you know, been seeing some production by now, especially, you know, at this part of the season, like, the dude has a lot of talent, and yeah, Adrian Peterson is good, and Carryon Johnson is good, but like, you drafted him that high, you know? And he had no carries. Granted, he had some uh, receptions, but the dude had no carries, and I just thought, I, I thought that was shocking. But anyways, back to Adrian Peterson. You know, he did well, for the most part, with those 22 carries. He got 75 yards. It's not crazy, but it seems like he's the guy that's going to be putting the most production in for the running game um and Detroit can probably carry this momentum over the next coming weeks they they're they're facing Jacksonville they're also facing New Orleans and then Atlanta and also Indianapolis I don't know if they can upset New Orleans we shall see but I mean they have a, a relatively at least they can win half of the games that I just listed and that'll be good for Detroit who just doesn't seem to be looking like they're having a good season so far. As far as Arizona, 
I think this is just a little bump in the road. I don't really, I don't think I'm going to look too much into it. Uh, I think the only thing I'd say that is concerning um, is the fact that Kyler still, uh, unfortunately, just makes some mistakes that you're just like, ah, you know, like, you can't be making those, like, high-level tier quarterbacks don't make the mistakes that Kyler Murray makes. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's a high-level tier quarterback or even a low-level tier quarterback. He's good, but he just, he has to work on those 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 questionable decisions that he makes um, whenever he's playing in order for them to actually, Arizona, to take it to the next level. Especially when they already have a division that's full of really, really good teams that are way better than Detroit. I'll guarantee you that, you know, those teams aren't going to let Kyler get away with, you know, kind of all the stuff that he's been doing lately in the league. Moving on from Arizona to Colorado up north, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visited the Denver Broncos and blew them out 28-10. to I will say that Tampa Bay offense and Tom Brady, they looked better against, I feel like, a good Denver defense than they have looked the previous weeks. They took care of an inferior team. Tom Brady had three touchdowns. Ronald Jones even was decent with 13 carries for, I think, 53 yards. Godwin and Gronkowski, they look like they're being more part of you know that offense. They had a lot of targets thrown their way. I feel like Tom Brady's really trying to trust Godwin um, and trying to give him the ball so Godwin can do what he does best, which is kind of run in space. And Gronkowski, I feel like Tom Brady's still trying to keep that chemistry with him. And if Gronkowski can step up along with, you know, O.J. Howard, Tom Brady's potential. He has a lot of weapons at his disposal in Tampa Bay. We'll just see if he can continue playing at a high level. Moving on, we had the Carolina Panthers defeating the Los Angeles Chargers. I was shocked by this result, to be honest with you. Teddy Bridgewater had a decent game for the most part. Um, he had 22 completions out of 28 attempts for 235 yards and a touchdown. That's a that's a good completion percentage, and I mean that's decent passing yards, and he got a touchdown. I mean, he did what he had to do against a good Los Angeles defense. Herberts, on the other on the other hand, he was he was meh. I was expecting a better performance out of him. Maybe Carolina was actually prepared for him, and since they had game film on him. Compared to Kansas City, they were able to prepare for him, and it looks like they adjusted well. And Herbert, I mean, he had he he had 35 completions out of 49 attempts, okay, and he had 330 yard 330 passing yards. He also had a touchdown, but also an interception. Keenan Allen, I think, is going to be his go-to guy from now on. It seems like it over these past two weeks. I mean, Keenan Allen had 19 targets against Carolina. 19 targets. That's a lot for a wide receiver. Ask any wide receiver, I'm sure. They'll tell you, damn, if I could get 19 targets in a game, that would be a, like, that's that's a high number. But, man, now I don't know about Herberts. I mean, Carolina's defense is not good. I was expecting Herberts to put on a show. And now I just, I don't even know. I don't think Los Angeles should have lost this game. As far as Carolina, hey, they beat Los Angeles. They beat the team that was on their schedule. We'll see how they go over these next few weeks. Moving on, we had the Indianapolis Colts defeating 
demolishing, destroying any kind of dignity that the New York Jets had to the sound of 36 to 7. It was it was a blowout. It was not worth watching. I think Indianapolis that first game against Jacksonville was a fluke. I think that was just a that was their quote preseason game. Got all the jitters out of the way. They finally kind of are they finally got back into the the flow of a football game and you know, last week against Minnesota and against New York that that defense in Indianapolis, they're coming into their own, and they look good. That secondary looks good. Front seven, you know, Leonard, Houston, Buckner, good. Like, they, that Indianapolis defense, that, that's one of the best defenses in the AFC, other than Baltimore. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to Baltimore later because, obviously, there's a, there's a little awkward thing that we got to talk about with Baltimore later. But back to Indianapolis. Phillip Rivers and the rest of the offense, they, 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 they did enough against an inferior Jets team that just, I don't even know if we can consider them a football team anymore, to be honest with you. I don't even know why we have to cover the Jets. Like, ugh, I don't know. All I'm going to say for the rest of this is that Indianapolis, they're going to be a dark horse team uh, for the playoffs. I don't know if they're, you know, I don't know if they're going to win their division, especially with Tennessee. You know, Tennessee is looking good, and I feel like Tennessee could kind of hold their own against Indianapolis. But as time goes on and Phillip Rivers gets more reps in with, you know, his offense, maybe he can turn it around. We'll see. Or maybe he'll just end up being Phillip Rivers. But moving on, we had a game that I actually watched from, like, I think the fourth quarter till the end of halftime and I was shocked and even the rest of my friends that watched it with me we were all like wow Cincinnati coming into a tie against Philadelphia 23 to 23 it sucks for Joe Burrow right now like I don't think he's he's even said it himself he's never been used to losing and Cincinnati is they're 0 3, my dudes. Like, the Bengals don't know how to win. Even with Zach Taylor as their head coach, like, they were winning this game. I think the Eagles were pretty much, like, begging them to win this game. Take it. Like, we don't want it. And Carson Wentz, he looked, he looked, oof. I know I already told you guys this last week, but I'm going to tell you again. Jalen Hurts is going to start by midseason. I'm calling it right now. I called it last week. I'm calling it again. There's just no reason not to, I feel like, at this point. Uh, The team from... I've read some reports, fun fact, that some of the Philadelphia players, they don't like Wentz, and they don't want him to be the quarterback. The way, apparently, he handled the, you know, Foles winning Super Bowl and being the Super Bowl MVP, and then, you know how it kind of carried into the locker room the following season, especially in the offseason when Wentz was finally healthy and able to come back. Apparently it was a little awkward, and Wentz didn't really handle that transition well and was playing victim a lot. And now some of the Philadelphia players don't want him. And I'm just saying, an organization does not draft a QB in the first round or the second round unless they don't plan on starting him in, like, literally less than a year. Or maybe two. But especially in the second round, I don't know. 
Jalen Hurts is going to start. But back to the main point about this game. The Eagles were pretty much, they just, they, they somehow came back. It's, you know, it's not really that shocking if you think about it because Cincinnati doesn't have a good defense. But they somehow came back and then they couldn't close it out. And Wentz is just looking rough. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, he played fairly well. Um, they're really, you know, Cincinnati is really like relying on Joe Burrow because he had 44 pass attempts. It was ridiculous. He had 31 completions with 312 yards and two touchdowns. He, you know, he played fairly well. It's just that defense in Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow, this is going to be his like welcome to the NFL. Like it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes you go through some hard shit. And Joe Burrow was dealing with a team that just... Ah, I feel bad for the guy. That's just, that's all I'm going to say. That's how I'm going to end that segment. Moving on, we have the Chicago Bears, the Bears, beating the Atlanta Falcons, the Chokers, 30-26. to Foles, yes, we'll, we'll address it. We'll, we'll get it out of the way. Foles started. P was, he replaced Trubisky in the third quarter. It, it was shocking. I remember my buddies and I, we also saw that live, and we were going crazy. It's like, wow, Matt Nagy actually put Nick Foles in. And I mean, he was, he was good, obviously, because he, you know, he got them back from a deficit and they won the game. He had an interception that just, uh, it, was, it was such a Nick Foles thing. Like, he has his ups and downs. I, I don't know if he'll really carry this Chicago team where people think he would, which is like the playoffs. I, I don't know about that. You know, Atlanta is a bad defense, and Nick Foles is a good quarterback. Trubisky, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say it, but, like, Trubisky's looking like a bust. I, I've been trying to, you know, give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but damn, man, Nick Foles literally changed that offense as soon as he went in. Like, Trubisky was making the Atlanta defense look good okay and that's saying a lot because Nick Foles brought the Falcons back down to reality and they some the Falcons somehow lost this game they have let teams come back from a deficit three weeks in a row like I can't even imagine the pain that Falcons fans are feeling right now because you guys have such a good defense I mean, I'm sorry. Such a good offense. That was just such a brain fart. I apologize. You guys have such a good offense. An amazing offense. Matty Ice is playing great. But that defense, man. Huh. It's just... It's just dog shit. Excuse my language, but literally, like, that Atlanta defense is a joke. Speaking of jokes, the Las Vegas Raiders lost... To the New England Patriots, 20-36. to And it was not as close as that score may seem. Even though, you know, you're thinking to yourself, damn, that's 16 points, how's that close? It wasn't even that close. Oakland had some garbage time touchdowns. Like, New England was, they literally dominated this game. They controlled this game from start to finish. And on paper, get this, on paper, Derek Carr played better than Cam Newton. I shit you not. Derek Carr had 24 completions out of 32 attempts for 261 yards and two touchdowns. Cam Newton had fewer completions with 17 completions out of 28 attempts with 162 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But in actuality, that offense just, 
had no answer for Belichick's defense. New England, they straight up blew out Las Vegas. Like, they, the Raiders, the Raiders pulled the Raiders. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was shocked with the way they made New Orleans look, especially after the way New Orleans made Tampa Bay look. That's just, I feel like that's the NFL, so I don't, I don't even know why I'm shocked, uh, to be honest with you. But still, I was shocked when Las Vegas beat New Orleans, and I was like, oh, shoot, Raiders are 2-0. and Hmm, maybe they can actually do something against New England. But now I know to never just trust the Raiders. Like, Las, I, I will tell you this, Las Vegas, they're getting there, you know. Derek Carr looked good against New Orleans. This game, I mean, he statistically, he did good too. But they have a tough road ahead of them. I mean, they're facing Buffalo, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay over the next few weeks. Like, that's that that's a tough stretch. And I could see literally Las Vegas probably losing all those, to be honest with you. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they how they compete over these next few weeks. As far as New England, I mean, Cam, he, he played decent. Um, but mainly it was that defense, you know, Stephon Gilmore. The dude is a G. I love him. He's a great talent at corner. Uh, that defense overall, they played good. Burkhead went off. I forgot that Rex Burkhead was still on the Patriots, but he went off. He had six carries, 49 yards with two touchdowns, and he also had seven receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown. For anybody that has any running back for New England in their fantasy football leagues, I just suggest you drop them because... Bill Belichick seems to do this with all his running backs where they'll have a good game every now and then, but they just can't do it consistently. But you know what? That's what works for New England. And now they're facing a really tough Kansas City team that came off a dominant performance against Baltimore. And I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like that's probably going to be one of the game of the weeks. It's going to be a really good game, and I'm excited to see how New England competes against Kansas City. Moving on, we had Tennessee coming back and beating Minnesota 31-30. to Ah, Tennessee is a good team. I'm not going to lie. When they lost against Minnesota, I was like, oof, man, they, they, I, I didn't expect them to lose. Like, they were down for a majority of the game, and they somehow came back. And I will tell you this, that run defense in Tennessee does not look good. It, it's, it's a little suspect. But I will tell you this, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and you, know, you can even say that defense at, at a certain point. They stepped up when they needed to, and they came back from the deficit, and they found a way to win this game. Therefore, that makes Tennessee a really good team, because only really good teams can come back from a deficit, and they step up when they need to, and Tennessee did just that. As far as Minnesota, I don't know if you should have gave Cousins that contract. It's showing now. I mean, Cousins keeps turning the ball over, and I feel like Cousins is the reason they're losing games. I will tell you, their defense in Minnesota, it's not what it used to be. It, it's, you know, they're not good, but for the amount of money that Cousins is paying, or that for the amount of money that Minnesota is paying Cousins, it's not worth it. And he, oh, he was, ugh. I will say, though, Dalvin Cook, he went off. He showed that that Tennessee run defense is not, is not good. I mean, he had 22 carries for 181 yards and touchdown. Dalvin Cook is a bright spot on that Minnesota offense. And, I mean, so is Adam Thielen. You know, you also got Justin Jefferson as well. But it just doesn't help when you have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Um, and I mean, they're already 0-3 in the rest of their division. I mean, Green Bay's 3-0. Chicago, they're still undefeated. I don't think it's going to be for long, though. But, hey, they're still, they're still up three games from them. And so Minnesota, I don't know. 
it's not it's not looking bright for them. You know, they're not really doing that well in the first quarter of this season, I guess you could say. Tennessee, on the other hand, they have a tough two-game stretch over these next coming weeks as they face Pittsburgh and Buffalo back-to-back. Both of those games are going to be really good. I feel like those will overall be competitive, but that's going to be a tough, tough stretch, and we'll see if Tennessee can, you know, still be a really good team. And who knows? Maybe they could be undefeated. I could see them beating both Pittsburgh and Buffalo, but we shall see. Moving on, we had another really close game. Uh, Buffalo coming back from a deficit as well as they defeated the Los Angeles Rams 35-32. to I will say, Buffalo, they were dominating the Los Angeles Rams throughout this, for the majority of the game. Literally, I was shocked. I was like, dang, Buffalo looks like a really good team because they made Los Angeles look like shit. And then Buffalo pulled the type of stuff that you've seen the previous years from the Buffalo Bills where they just come back down to earth and it looks like it because Los Angeles was on they they were on a streak and they were just scoring relentlessly and at one point they were ahead and they came back but Josh Allen that last drive he stepped up when he needed to the dude is looking great he had 311 yards and four touchdowns he did have an interception but man Josh Allen's playing at a really good level and this Buffalo team is looking good it's going to just, they, they, they can't keep letting teams come back from behind. That is one thing that, you know, they allowed against Los Angeles. And they also, I will say, allowed against Miami. Miami almost came back and won that game too. And so, you know, Buffalo, they are a really good team, but that is something just to keep an eye on. One game, I'm just getting out of the way. It really wasn't worth watching, but I got to cover it. San Francisco defeating the New York Giants. 36 to 9. I will say, San Francisco, they are they are a well-coached, disciplined team. They had a lot of backups in that game. And I honestly was expecting New York to upset the 49ers. I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for New York just to get a win out of the season. But man, the backups dominated another NFL team. The backups of one NFL team literally dominated another NFL team that had starters. It was just overall just shocking to see. And San Francisco, over the next couple of weeks, they do have a couple win- winnable games. You know, they're facing the Philadelphia Eagles, and you already know how I feel about them. And they also got the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, can be a little inconsistent uh, because of Ryan's Fitzpatrick. Uh, and so I feel like they can win, you know, those two games possibly. As far as the Los Angeles Rams, though, I, I don't know about that one. Um, especially with, depending on how long Jimmy Garoppolo is out, you know, I don't really I don't really think we have a timetable yet of how long he's out for. And so for the time being, San Francisco, they're just going to have to find a way to come out with the win over these next couple weeks. However, I do think they have the ability to do that. Now, as we move down to our last couple of games, we have the Miami Dolphins coming out on top and blowing out Jacksonville 31-13. to I just want to say Fitzpatrick should start for the rest of the season. I feel like them letting Tua rest and heal and just being able to have a year of just having him groom into the system and into the NFL. 
I feel like would be beneficial for Miami in the long run. And I mean, no one realistically thinks that they're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Therefore, I don't see no reason why us to not start Fitzpatrick. I mean, he played a hell of a game against Jacksonville. He was 18 for 20, and he had two touchdowns, over 200 yards. Dude was pretty solid. Now, as far as Jacksonville, I feel like Jacksonville has the next Fitzpatrick, the next journeyman quarterback. Gardner Minshew has his moments where he is good. There's those couple games where he just blows up out of nowhere and goes for 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. <clears throat> and then the games on the schedule that are easy and the ones that, you know, people expect their team to win, they don't, and they just become awful. Gardner Minshew was kind of like, he has the potential to be the net, the next uh, Fitzpatrick because he just has those random moments in the season where he goes off for a couple games, and then the teams that he's supposed to beat and should be an easy one for another dominating performance, just as he was supposed to against Miami, he just, like, he Fs up and has a terrible game. Like, you know, he had over 270 yards, but he had uh, interception and four sacks. No touchdowns. And somehow, some way, Patrick Mahomes seems to take what the defense gives him and run with it and improvise. And he always comes out on top. He's like the fact that teams can try to blitz Patrick Mahomes and he picks those up so well and is actually more effective in pretty much almost every stat when he's actually blitzed compared to when he has a clean pocket is not rushed it's it's mind-boggling what Patrick Mahomes is able to do in this Chiefs team you know they can come back from any deficit they can make pretty much a defense like Baltimore look pretty average like Baltimore didn't have an answer at all and they pretty much seemed they, they looked like they gave up in the third quarter you know Patrick Mahomes had five total touchdowns four passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown and he had over 300 yards. It was insane, especially against the Baltimore defense that dominated. Granted, it was way inferior teams, but they made them look terrible. You would think it would at least be a somewhat competitive game. Edwards Elaire, he played great as well. So did Travis Kelsey. Pretty much every every member of the Chief, Chiefs offense played well, even the offensive line. The defense stepped up too. They had a smart defensive game plan. For Lamar. And Lamar, man, I feel bad. I really do. You know, he's kind of unfortunately in Mahomes' shadow. And he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be compared to Mahomes. He's said that uh plenty of times in interviews that he's just focused on winning and he's focused on playing football. But I'm sure it doesn't help now that he's literally 0-3 against Mahomes. And Jackson only had 97 yards total passing. He had 37 yards in the first half. 37 yards in the first half alone. Granted, he had over 80 rushing yards. That's what Jackson does. He's an amazing athlete. He is a great athlete. However, this shows that he still has to evolve as a passer. He still has to evolve as a quarterback. I think the whole the whole comparison between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson 
is a little unfair, um, to be honest with you. Mahomes is in his own different league. Mahomes is a superstar quarterback. And that, and I'm not saying that to discredit Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. He's an amazing athlete. He is a talented runner. He, you know, is accurate for the most part as far as passing, but he still needs to improve. You know, he makes some questionable decisions. Um, one of the two distinct differences between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I saw it a lot in the game on Monday night was that whenever Patrick Mahomes was being blitzed he kept his eyes down the field when Lamar Jackson was being blitzed by Kansas City he immediately looked to the ground and that's a that's a key key tell right there that Patrick Mahomes knows okay I'm being pressured on the outside I'm gonna have to step up in the pocket to force the ball down the field Lamar Jackson I don't think is comfortable with that yet. As uh, comfortable with that yet. As far you know, once Lamar Jackson starts to get rushed and starts to get blitzed, he immediately is focused on scrambling. Granted, he's gifted and talented at doing that. It obviously showed last year and especially against Kansas City. He you know he had uh, over eighty rushing yards. However, another thing that I took away from this game. Is that that Ravens offense? They, they're they're built around playing with a lead. That first, those first like couple drives for Baltimore, are so critical for them. They're so important because those are the drives where Baltimore tries to literally run up the score on you within the first couple drives, and then from there, just play you know just hard nosed football. And just keep with running and options and fake outs. That's what they're good at. They're good at running the football. As far as passing, it's it's inconsistent. And it showed. Lamar cannot play from behind. That Ravens offense cannot play from the, behind. They're built to play with the lead. Because once Kansas City literally run, they ran up 20 points in less than a, a quarter. And to top that off, it doesn't help that Jacksonville's defense isn't what it once was. The organization in Jacksonville has kind of stripped individually, piece by piece, of what they had on that defense. They used to be pretty terrifying. They were a really good physical defense. And as the years went by, ever since their AFC Championship run, they just haven't been the same. And it just looks like another... It looks like another inconsistent year for Jacksonville. Um, they do have potential winning games upcoming, though, against Cincinnati, Houston, and uh, Detroit. And so I feel like they have the potential to win. You know, I don't know about all those games, but at least at least one or two. But honestly, with the way Gardner Minshew plays and the inconsistency he has and just their defense, we'll see how it turns out for them. Moving on to another team that is inconsistent and just plain not good right now is the Houston Texans losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-28. That offensive line in Houston needs help. Granted, Steelers have a physical defense. They have a great front seven. They can get to the quarterback. But, man, Deshaun Watson was not comfortable at all. I don't think he's ever comfortable um, whenever he has to stand in that pocket behind that offensive line. 
because it is it is bad. He is you know he has to scramble all over the place. Deshaun did have Randall Cobb though. He Randall Cobb did step up. He had four receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown against a pretty good Pittsburgh secondary. And so you know if Randall Cobb can hopefully continue this, maybe there's some kind of hope that you know Deshaun at least has some type of wide receiver over in Houston. Um, Big Ben. For the most part, um, he had an okay game. It wasn't really outstand, outstanding, but, you know, he did what he needed to do, and he got it done. Uh, I felt like Pittsburgh's offense overall was pretty well balanced. They had 36 pass attempts compared to 33 rushing attempts. That's pretty damn balanced for any NFL team um, nowadays. Usually it's a very pass-heavy offense um, type of scheme in the NFL, and so... To see a team like Pittsburgh, you know, continue to win with that kind of formula of a balanced offense um, is kind of intriguing. Plus, James Conner, he had a great game. He had 18 rushing uh, attempts for 109 yards and a touchdown. Dude has always been solid ever since he came into the NFL, and I feel like he'll continue that streak. Uh, Pittsburgh could honestly stay undefeated throughout the throughout October. You know, they, they face Tennessee uh, next week, and then they also face Philadelphia and Cleveland and so honestly that's a pretty relatively easy schedule um, they do face Baltimore though at the end of October so that's something to keep an eye on uh, that could potentially be a great game we shall see don't worry we're about to get to Baltimore but real quick one more game uh, the Washington football team they got blown out by the Cleveland Browns which is shocking to say as far as Cleveland. Another shocking thing is that Cleveland actually has a winning record, I believe, since 2014. That is crazy. Two and one. Dang, that's just crazy to believe. As far as Washington goes, Haskin, Haskins, sorry. Haskins needs to, he needs to continue to still develop. Uh, he, he makes a lot of questionable decisions that just that's not going to work in today's NFL and he just he turns the ball over you know he had two touchdowns yes and he had over 200 yards passing yes but the dude had three interceptions against the Cleveland defense that you know let Cincinnati put up 30 points on him and I don't know I thought Washington maybe based off of that first game you know they they would have been something maybe they could be a team to be a reckon with but that defense don't look so good now. They made Cleveland get 34 points. That's crazy. I will say, though, as far as Cleveland, they need to continue to use Chubb and use Hunt. Just use them more. Do more running plays than passing because that offense in Cleveland seems to work and thrive whenever they run more than they pass. You know, they only had Baker only threw the ball 23 times. And the Browns actually ran 36 times. They only passed 23 times. And they ran 36 times. And it was successful. And it showed. You know, Baker Mayfield, he didn't have really a bad game at all. You know, he had a pretty good game for the most part. He had uh, 16 completions for 23 attempts along with 156 yards with two touchdowns. It's not amazing, but you know what? The way they won was based off the ground game. Chubb, he had over 100, 100 yards and two touchdowns, and Hunt had over uh, 60 um, rushing yards as well. 
Cleveland, however, even though they have a winning record, they do have a tough stretch coming up when, with Dallas and Indianapolis and then Pittsburgh, literally back to back to back to back. So, you know, I don't know how much longer this winning record is going to last for Cleveland, but we shall see. Now, the game that I've been wanting to talk about for ever now is Kansas City Chiefs beating the Ravens 34-20 on Monday Night Football. I'm going to be real with you. I didn't expect Kansas City to dominate Baltimore the way they did. I was really expecting it to be a competitive game. I thought it was going to be a relatively high-scoring game. I actually picked Kansas City uh, like 28, and I just threw 24 in there for Baltimore. Just a one-score game. But, man, this Kansas City team looks scary good. Patrick Mahomes... He made that deep. I've never seen a quarterback make a Baltimore defense look silly like that. Now, I will tell you, this Baltimore defense is nowhere near the level of, you know, the 0405 Ravens defense, um, even any of the other Ravens defenses in the past couple of years. It's nowhere near. But everybody knows Baltimore for having a physical defense. They always seem. To always have a physical defense. That's just one character trait about them that they seem to have every year. Um, and it's Chiefs, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he he made them look silly and he made it look easy. He is above everybody else right now. He's in his own tier, he's in his own league. Uh, one of the Ravens guys said it best. Um, I believe it was Calais Campbell. He said that. The Kansas City Chiefs don't pay Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars for nothing. And it clearly shows because the Ravens, just like every other uh, defense in the NFL, they thought they had a game plan for him. And once halftime came, you could tell that the Ravens were done. They looked like they were ready to accept defeat. The Chiefs still carried momentum throughout the third quarter. It looks like the Re Baltimore didn't really make any key adjustments uh, defensively and offensively, they really couldn't get anything going still. You know, forcing Lamar to have to pretty much throw on every down, and the defensive ends on Kansas City did a really, really great job of really forcing Lamar inside the pocket and containing him inside the pocket. They capped those outsides of the pocket, outside the hashes, so well because what Lamar is good at He's good at rushing outside the pocket. He always likes to go up and left or up and right. He never likes to go in the middle or kind of stay centered in the pocket. He's not able to scramble out that way. In the defensive ends from Kansas City, they did a good job of closing those outside gaps, forcing Lamar whenever he was being rushed to either throw in the pocket hurried or just try to take the sack or try to make something else of it. And it seemed to work. Lamar Jackson looked flustered. He didn't look comfortable. And to be honest, he, he didn't look confident. Mark Andrews, you know, he didn't, he didn't really help Lamar out. He dropped a lot of passes. I was very shocked. I was kind of worried about Mark Andrews, to be honest with you. Mark Andrews is a great tight end, and I was really curious to see how Kansas City was going to stop him. But they didn't really need to do much on him because he was the one that kept just dropping passes. It was shocking to see. Now, with all this being said, this does not really take anything away from Baltimore. Baltimore is still a top team in the AFC. They still are. However, they faced a really good Kansas City team that has a lot of continuity. 
You know, people have to remember that the Chiefs retained a lot of their starters from last season, whereas other teams in the NFL, you know, they had a lot of uh, free agency acquisitions and a lot of people leave. And so all this, all these different changes in an offseason where they didn't really have a complete full one, uh, which OTA, spring training, training camp, etc., it was hard for teams to adjust. With all this being said, though, the main point that I'm trying to make is that Baltimore is still a good team, and I think that this is not really a preview of the AFC Championship. I think as the teams continue to evolve and grow as the season goes on, I think whenever they do face each other next, because I could probably see both of these teams going to the AFC Championship um, out of the AFC, it will be a much better and more competitive game. And that is officially all of the takeaways for week three of the NFL season. We are officially almost a quarter of the way done of this season. And it's looking really good so far. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please make sure to favorite this episode and also follow the channel for more notifications and updates on when new content is released. And if you guys made it this far, I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode I love football and being able to share it with people that love football or just people that know me personally and want to listen to me talk football. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Um, I will see you guys on the next episode, and thank you for tuning in. This is your host, John Sandoval, signing off.